Good morning. My name is Alexander Peterson and welcome to the Moving Markets podcast. It is Friday, the 3rd of March, and coming up on the show, we have Timothy Gagey, Head of FX and PM Solutions Geneva, who will provide us with a FX update, and Manuel Viegas from Next Generation Research, who will give us the latest news in the digital asset space. But first, let's see what has happened in the markets. The big news this morning is that US Federal Reserve policymakers have warned that recent stronger-than-expected readings on the U.S. economy may prompt them to raise interest rates more than previously anticipated. Governor Christopher Wallace stated on Thursday that if payroll and inflation data cool after hot prints in January, he would support raising the federal funds rate a couple more times to a projected terminal rate of 5.1 to 5.4%. In Europe, European Central Bank Governing Council member Pierre Wunsch stated that market bets on interest rates reaching 4% may be correct if underlying price pressure remains high. The extent to which borrowing costs must rise is heavily dependent on the evolution of core inflation. To determine monetary policy, officials are increasingly focusing on underlying prices. Turning to Asia, China is about to undergo its most significant political reshuffle in decades. A generation of internationally respected economic officials will be replaced by a group of politicians better known for their close ties to President Xi Jinping. The new lineup will be Xi's appointees who push China even further towards state intervention and international isolation. This is significant because it shifts the country away from the path set by a dynasty of pro-market officials who have been in charge since Xiaoping first opened the door between China and the rest of the world. Coming to yesterday's market action, the S&P 500 was up 0.8% with outperformers in utilities, tech and real estate. The Nasdaq 100 was up 0.9% and the 10-year US Treasury ended Thursday at 4.05% yield. Briefly turning to commodities. West Texas Intermediate fell 0.2%, trading around $78 a barrel. And gold is trading at around $1,839 an ounce. In currencies, the Bloomberg dollar spot index fell 0.2% and the euro is trading above $1.06. In the digital asset world, Bitcoin is trading at around $22,360. In the futures market, S&P 500 and Nasdaq 100 future contracts both experienced losses of more than 0.1%. And that's all for today's markets wrap-up. I'll now hand over to Timothy Gagey, head of FX and PM Solutions Geneva with an FX update. Over to you, Timothy. Thank you, Alex. Good morning. Well, ever since the glorious moment when Eurodollar hit 110 at the start of the month, the dollar has been on the front foot and shorts have been running for cover. US data overall is indeed much better, of course. And with US 10-year yields of over 4% at first, it seems entirely sensible that we have buyers of dollars. However, there is a bit more to it in my view, because unlike last time when we had a real dollar bull market, US yields are not rising in a vacuum. European yields are up and up. UK 10-year is only just below 4% as well. And it is not as if the Fed is the only central bank that needs to maybe tighten a bit more than we had first thought. For this reason, I believe the recent dollar strength is still corrective in nature. And I hold to the view that over the course of the year, the dollar should weaken again. This may take some time. And we still think here that there will continue to be some range trading in the major currencies. Range trading is always tricky because it is a shift in mindset. We are always trying to catch the big wave but sometimes making 100 or 200 pips is enough. And if you do it three, four, five times, it often comes to the same as catching a medium-sized trend. Right here, I would rather be a seller of dollars, as I said, 
I'd buy euros, pounds, Aussie dollars, and probably a couple of other things too. Equally, if you were smarter than me and caught the moment to buy some dollars at the start of the month, I would definitely take profit here. There are also some definite and clear opportunities in derivatives, even if volatility is not quite as high as it was. Quite obviously, reverse convertibles for dollar cash are really nice here. I'd prefer to look for a slightly more aggressive 12% annualized coupon because I quite like the levels it gives you to be converted, and that means you earn 1% for the month, which is really pretty decent. No non-farm payrolls today. They come out next week. I'm sure there is a very good reason, but I'm not aware of it. But we do have services PMI in Europe, the UK, and the US, which will continue to make everybody try to guess what central banks are going to do next. Lots of opportunity right here, so we look forward to hearing from you. Happy Friday. Have a cracking weekend. And back to you, Alex. Thank you very much, Timothy. Next up, we have Manuel Viegas from Next Generation Research with a digital asset update. Over to you, Manuel. Thank you so much. So 2023 has been a pretty interesting year for crypto assets. The asset class's mammoth rally has been threatened, however, by four factors. A sticky U.S. inflation, the related risk of more interest rate increases, a tightening of global liquidity, and a crypto-focused U.S. Securities Exchange Commission, or SEC as we know it. And with that, the chairman of the SEC, Gary Gensler, has been publicizing his opinion on cryptos long enough, depicting most digital assets as securities and championing the tightest regulatory ecosystem possible in the United States. He has been often criticized as he has been behind the takedown on stable coins and staking, and has, to a very large degree, brought fear, uncertainty, and doubts, or FUD as we know it in crypto, back to the asset class, imposing a huge joke on the price action. This also reflected in the sharp decline and the recent rumors on bankruptcy from Silvergate, which was once a shining star in the US crypto scene as a regulated bank. In light of recent events, Bitcoin's liquidity is reaching troublesome levels as market death has reached its lowest since the Terra Luna fiasco in May 2022. This factor may potentially lead to more drastic price movements and a way higher level of volatility. The broader crypto market is undergoing a similar diagnostic, and the effects are very likely to intensify for crypto assets with smaller market capitalizations. Assets with a broad market death tend to be highly liquid, and backed by stronger volumes, thus allowing market participants to place large orders without having any sizable impact on the pricing of the assets. Order slippage is likely to be one of the direct compromises affecting traders' expectations on price settlements. So overall, returning macroeconomic headwinds and a tighter U.S. regulatory framework are currently driving market death to critical levels thereby threatening the short-term performance of the asset class, which despite likely leaving the worst from last year's crisis behind, has still a lot of ground to cover in terms of regulation and governance. With that, back to you, Alex. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Manuel. And that's all for today. Thanks for tuning in. Have a nice weekend and see you next week. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts 
for further other important legal information. Für unsere deutschsprachigen Zuhörer. We would also like to make you aware of Marktanalysen und Gespräche, a monthly podcast in German, where Julius Baer experts discuss some of the latest market developments. We share our key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape in German. Search for Marktanalysen und Gespräche on your favorite podcast player.